Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. everybody and welcome to another episode of the Dead Parent Club podcast. In today's episode I am joined by the lovely Kim Hart Simpson who you may know from her time in Hollyoaks and her time on Coronation Street where she joined in 2020 as Nikki Wheatley and has a fashion label called Heartwork. In this episode we discussed what Kim's life was like growing up, moving in with her dad when she was 16 and how her dad passing away really drove her to succeed in her career. Her and her dad actually watched Coronation Street together and this plays a huge role in her life to this day because going to work to her is kind of like taking a piece of her dad with her. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. We like to kind of start with a bit of a background on you, your kind of family life and what it was like for you growing up, where you come from, that kind of thing. Yeah, so... um... Born in Wales, North Wales. Uh, Same. Really? Yeah, Welsh born and bred. Where are you from? Um, so I was born in Espeti Gwynedd. Yeah. Um, I was brought up in Tregoth for like, oh, the first my... couple of years of my life. Oh, there we go. Straight away, we're going to get on my house. <laughs> it, it always feels like home, doesn't it? You know, wherever you drive over to Wales, yeah. you go over and you see all the mountains, you're like, oh, it feels so much better. I went there the other day. I, I went there the other day just to fly and visit to get my roots done, as you know. Um, but it was a... Uh, yeah, it's just something special about there. The second I go there, like I just feel, I don't know, I just, it's like I just, just does something to me. So, yeah, so I was born in North Wales. I grew up in Rill. I was there till I was 16 years old. Um, my dad is from Oldham. So I guess and my mum and dad uh, split up and got divorced when I was three years old. So I've always split my time between Oldham and Wales. So both of them have like a really special, they're both from my home to me, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm Welsh, although I don't sound like it. <laughs> no, same, I have that problem. Yeah, yeah. I like, can count, I can count now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can do like kind of go to the toilet in Welsh and stuff like that. Yeah. The basics get you by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So were you close to your dad then growing up? Yeah, so I guess it's... Um, I was trying to think about all these memories and I'm I'm terrible with memory actually and I sort of glorify things in my head especially when your someone dies you sort of only remember the good bits so yeah really 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 close to my dad I don't think so much growing up I saw him a lot if I'm honest I did grow up mostly with my mum 
Yeah. But there was always a relationship there. And when I was 16 years old, I made the choice to leave Wales and move to Oldham to my dad's house. Yeah, that's that, that's my first experience living with him full time was when I was 16. Up until then, I was with my mum. Oh, okay. That must have been a big change then. So you went to college in Oldham. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I left. I think I was at 16. I was like, yeah, um, I know I'm going to leave. I knew that I, I wanted to be an actor. And um, as brilliant as Wales is, it couldn't take me further in the career that I wanted to be in. So I knew I had to make a choice. And if I was going to do it, 16, I think is a perfect age because you have no fear. You can't talk yeah. yourself out of it yet. Um, you're straight out everyone else is moving on to college or sixth form so now is the time to, to be bold and brave and I, I did it and um, it was the best choice I've ever made for myself to be honest it's led me to where I am today but yeah I moved in with my dad and that was quite a, I guess a shock yeah. to the system really I bet, I bet it was for him as well like oh god I've got a 16 year old yeah, and I think I was, <laughs> what do I do yeah and I was the first like well, a full-time kid with him, basically. He's got four mm. children, two two mums, four kids. So there's Emma and Neil with Judith, their mum, and then me and my brother, Ben, with my mum, Jill. And I was the first one, I think, fully, fully full-time with him. So I think it was a bit like a, what is this? And, I bet. And at 16 as well, like, hormones are all happening, mm. partying, starting. It's got me at the, like, <laughs> the mad time. I bet your mum was worried. <laughs> But I keep thinking about it and how much that must have maybe hurt a little bit, you know, to, to, to leave home uh, and she sort of put all the, the groundwork in and then I just got off. <laughs> but now she understands and sees it, you know, especially, listen, no parent on this God's green earth wants to hear their kids say, I want to become an actor. No one wants that. <laughs> like she, she must have been like, oh no, I don't know how to tell you this, but that industry, you know, <laughs> it's gonna be tough. Yeah. So I was like, I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm going to my dad's. I'm gonna be an actress. Aww. You know, like all these things. And yeah, I guess uh, only as I get older, I start to analyze how much that must have impacted on her. Yeah. And my dad. Yeah, I bet. I mean, look at you now, though. It's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So your dad died in 2007, yes. didn't he? Yeah. So how old were you then? I was 20. Okay, so you, you'd only been living there or had you moved out at that point? Moved out. I was living in London. So I was at drama school at the time when he um, when he started to get ill, I was in London. So I'd been with him up until that point, really. Um, and when I went to drama school in London, I sort of left him and uh, went there. But um, yeah, it's... Yeah, 20, 20 years old when he when he passed on. Yeah, it's young, isn't it? I bet you kind of look back and you're really grateful that you actually, you did make that decision to go and move with him for a few years because those years must have been so valuable. It's, it's all my memory bank as well, them years, because not a lot of us remember uh, things for as a kid, yeah? yeah? I'll have little, little flashbacks, little, it's more like colours and smells and stuff that I remember rather mm. than days. Yeah. So to have them moments with him not knowing that that was going to be what would carry me through my adult life I feel like that was fate to have them and I feel so fortunate that I I got them moments like I won the lottery of some sort to 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 be able to spend 20 is really weird as well because it is really young as well like you said like it is a young age to lose someone but not young enough to not know what's going on you know, yeah. like I'm an yeah. adult. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, I'm at yeah. university. I know everything that's happening. I know mm. the problem. Like, I know when, you know, when they were saying what was happening, I knew that that meant that was going to be the end of him, like, of all them things. And being at drama school as well and trying to split my time 
with knowing what was happening with my dad and being in London and, and travelling to, to Manchester as much as I did, it was just, oh, I just don't look back now and think, wow, like you were, there was times when I was quite unwell with it, you know, the stress and the pressure and the everything and yeah. the change. Yeah, I, I can actually, I really resonate with that because my mum died when I was 20 as well. Wow, okay, okay. So she was diagnosed terminal when I was in my first year at uni, so when I was 18. She'd had cancer for a few years prior to that. And um, it is really tough because all of your peers and stuff around you at uni are kind of living more of like a carefree life and they can commit themselves to yeah. what they're doing with what they're doing there, like with their work there. They can go out on the weekend, but you kind of feel this pressure to be going home on the weekends and to kind of, it's really hard to be yeah. a, an adult and also a carefree young adult at the same time the guilt that you feel even if you laugh I was like yeah. don't laugh yeah you know yeah. Don't laugh, it's not funny. <laughs> must be yeah, miserable must, all the time <laughs> yeah like it's, it's really I don't did you tell your friends what was going on were you open about what was happening or yeah yeah I was I was quite open the girl that I actually started this podcast with a couple of years ago initially um she found me on like a patch of grass one night during like a freshers week when I was crying my eyes out like and she's like what's wrong and I said to her and her dad was also diagnosed terminal right. so she was a really big source of support mm -hmm. for me and, and vice versa but it's weird now like when I look back you mentioned before about kind of your memory isn't very good and stuff and I find my memory pre my mum dying is actually horrific yeah. like I don't really remember anything, even as like an adult, like when I was like 18, 19, my memory of those first few years at uni are really vague. Yeah. Um, and it's strange because you'd think you'd remember a lot more. I, yeah, I um, I feel like it's fear that takes over the memory as well. So for every time I try to remember, it's like it, it's like it takes a piece away. So I'm, um, yeah. and for every day that passes, for every year that that happens and goes ahead in my life, it almost like detracts a year of memory from that. And it's like I'm exchanging future life for my old. And I, I don't know how that, that doesn't sit well with me. I think yeah. about it all the time. And there's a really great lyric that I always think about. And it's, a, and it's a lyric that says, I forgot that you left me behind to remind me of you. And I always think about that. And I, even when I think, oh, I can't remember things, I'm desperately trying to remember what his breath sounded like and what his voice mm. and how he coughed when he sneezed and all little things. And the more I try, the more it goes. Mm. And I'm so, but then I think, well, there's bits of him that are me and there yeah. is, my face is his face. And it's like, so I'm trying to rational with my, my thoughts and my theories. And, on, you know, when my head goes a little bit west, I'll be like, yeah, but he left me behind to remind me that he's here, yeah. you know? It's so, you're so right. You are so right. And I know I kind of, I think we were we were kind of prior to this episode, we were kind of doing a bit of reading up and stuff. And we read that um, your dad also loved Corrie, as in prior to you even, you know. Loved it more than me. <laughs> loved it more than me. Loved it more than it's, he traded us all in for an episode of Corrie. <laughs> Honest to God. That's brilliant. It, it just, do you know what? It was just, um, and this is not unique to me. It's part of so many household memories, mm. yeah? Long gone yeah. are the days where we sit down at a certain time and watch something together mm. and it's it's religion. That's what you do. Yeah, it literally The house phone does ring because no one would show that disrespect. <laughs> no one would ever show that disrespect. Um, and you'd sit there 
and my dad did the same thing. It was like prediction. He did this thing where he goes, and it means he needs a cup of tea. And he always does it just as the, do you remember on the top, a little box that shows an ad yeah. coming up soon. It start yeah. and wouldn't. Oh. Um, <laughs> and it was just prediction. It was just the same constant thing that probably now I would just do anything for, even just one night of oh. just like prediction. And then after Corey finished, we had to do a, a sort of, conclusion of what we thought of the app you know when um, what what it meant to him and he'd talk about the characters like he they were part of his life you know and or, or it was Aww. gossip in the house and um it just it that show in particular meant a lot to him yeah so all these things are I relate to him. I remember where I sat. I remember, again the smells what the room looked like what it felt like and this is not a particular episode this is just always yeah always the way always the structure that was our time together oh I love that that's so special it is really special and, and I think I've done quite a few interviews now and spoken about the, the relationship with my dad and Corrie and all these things and I'm sure everyone's like we get the gist love but um <laughs> if you had this thought process or this job or this and every time you went to work you felt like you were taking a part of somebody you've lost with you. You talk about it as much as I do. You, you want to talk, yeah. tell the whole world about it. Because it sounds so deep to say, but I feel like I'm keeping him alive by doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you are, absolutely. I think that's I think that's the most that's the most profound thing, mm-hmm. I think. And that's what all of us, all of us wish for, like when we've lost a parent, is that we want to find ways to yes, keep them alive. Absolutely. Into like, yeah. into because it's so easy to like. I always feel like everybody else around you forgets that it happened to you, whereas you carry it with mm-hmm. you every day. But if you can find a way to think about them and incorporate them in your day-to-day life, it makes such a difference. Like I saw in my family, it was um, it was Neighbours yeah, every yeah. evening. We always sat and watched Neighbours. And I got a bit sad the other day because yeah. I saw that they're actually, they're, en- they're ending it. And I was like, yeah. oh, like it actually it did upset me because I was like, my mum loved Neighbours. We all did. We all used to sit and watch it. And it's so true, like those moments that you have, and it's not one particular episode, but it is every single night, and it was a huge part yeah. of your life, and it's so nice that you get to go to work and you get to remember that. Yeah, and it, I think it's nice as well. Like I think about what that means to the rest of my family as well, and how that can how that yeah. sits with them, and it, it's um, a conversation topic for us all all the time. And uh, yeah, I just it was just. When my dad, when we, I had some really great conversations with my dad's sort of like part of his life, and um, he put this stupid, ridiculous pressure on me by saying, "Just do me a favor and get into Cory Love." Like, and he oh. put that on me, and I thought, "You little, mm. yeah, you yeah, you, no, I can't, I can't, can't not do that mm. now." And, mm. um, a gift and a curse is what he's put on me because mm. I was so. There were times when, uh, you know, acting is, is, is hard and you think, can I do this? Is it healthier to walk away? But this person that I love and miss has told me that and I can't stop until. And then, you know, and thank God he did because it's built this ridiculous resilience within me and drive and and now I'm here. I'm just like, this is this is where I'm meant to be. This is what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah. And, you know, 
not just at Corrie, just in, I'm meant to be, you know, in this industry. And I think he knew that. My dad was a musician. So oh, wow. he understood performing. He was yeah. the only, like my brother, uh, Neil, is a, was a phenomenal drummer. He's a phenomenal drummer. So I guess that he was probably maybe living his life through me as well, you know, like that sort of, oh. Seeing you yeah. chase your dreams, like yeah, it's it nice. nice. Yeah, and, um, yeah he, put, he put that on me. And then when my dad was passing his way as well, I, I changed my name to Kimberly Hart Simpson because the heart, it, my dad's last name is Simpson, but the heart is his mum's maiden name. And I was like, so everything I do now, I need you to know that it's a dedication to you. And it is to my mum as well. Like I, I make it sound like it's not for everyone else it is, but I suppose mm. it's it's relative to that scenario, wasn't it? I was losing him and I thought, again, this is another way of um, keeping me on track, having respect on that name yeah. because that name meant something to him. And it's like, it's like getting a tattoo, isn't it? After somebody dies that reminds you of them, you know, it's that kind of permanent thing, I suppose. Yeah, and I think that's just putting them little bits of pressure on myself and my dad putting that mm. pressure on me is ultimately <laughs> meant that I have the life that I do now. So even though he's not here, he's made this partly happen. How was it for you then going back to to school like after your dad died because obviously you were just 20 you how many years did you have left at that point so it was really mad uh, I didn't tell anybody what was going on I didn't really wow. talk about it it was a non-subject for me and I remember that I was in a um, I was in a show and the show I was playing a lead part in it this is like um I think year two of drama school this is and um mm. and I, I sort of just put all this effort into this part and thought that I was traveling from Manchester coming up not knowing my lines because I was with my dad but not telling anybody and then people being like you're letting the side down because you're not pulling your weight and they're right but I couldn't because I didn't want people to treat me differently um I didn't want sympathy I wanted that's so yeah I wanted to shut it out I wanted no one to know you're acting you're literally acting when you're at acting school (laughs) like your life yeah Wow. The whole thing is like, it were like just two different lives. I was leading one on the weekend and one during the week and not in a good way. Um, so it was just, mm. it was just crazy. And I remember, I remember getting so ill that I was hospitalised because of wow. various other things and, and a medical thing on the side that I was ignoring because how dare I be ill right now, you know? I ain't got time for being ill. Yeah. And um, I collapsed yeah. and I ended up in hospital. And uh, and I remember being like um, that you know you've not you've not come into to to um, uni today and you know people are relying on you again them still not knowing me still not being honest with them and telling them the truth mm. saying I'm in hospital and they were like we're gonna pull you from the show and I pulled myself out of hospital oh, and God. went down there I pulled myself out of hospital and went down and I was like don't do this I need this and it was all crazy and again they still didn't know it was just like I was like to the hospital how you kept that up it was stupid but it was it was just that's what we do that's that 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 won't be a unique story to me of somebody pushing through Mm. or ignoring and or or putting all of this effort into the show mattered it didn't matter absolutely didn't matter and what come of that was my drama school, when I told them what was, I finally had to tell them because, I mean, I'd just come out of hospital 
I'm not performing to my best and I tell them the truth and they say to me, we're going to pull you out of the year. And I, my will just went, went because I was like, I'm losing him, now I'm losing this. And I hated yeah. them for it and I was mad at them for it, but I couldn't thank them enough for it now. Yeah. Oh, so did you take it? So you did, you suspended your year? Well, I had no choice. Jeez, they just said, get out. <laughs> they had no choice. It, yeah, they, they, they just, I think they recognised, they said, we're going to pass you on your year. Don't worry. We'll pass you on oh, your wow. year. Come back with her in the new year and start again. Oh, and, and wow. That's yeah, really good. It, I hated them for it, though. I hated them. Yeah, like, this is the only thing I've got left. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah. I couldn't even yeah. imagine the word. I can't remember everything that come out of my mouth. Again, it's all just snapshots, like you know, when you're like, mm. boom, boom, like little moments, like going like that's like you feel you feel the emotion more than you kind of remember what it was like. Yeah, just remember the emotional journey. Whereas I remember sort of mm. sitting in the room, and I remember I know these conversations happened. I know that they said to me, "You need to go. You need to be with your family." And I was mm. like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. The crucible needs me. Yeah, I'm it's like, not your life. <laughs> like, no, it does not. <laughs> like, and it did not. It did not. And um, yeah. you know, yeah. I went away for the for that for that time, and my dad died on the first of December, and I had that sort of period where over Christmas and going back in the new year, then with a sort mm. of new life, my dad had gone, and going in and and like that awkwardness of. Everyone knowing, how do we want to play this? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to mention it to me because I will, I will mm. cry my little heart out. So no one say nothing to me. Yeah. And one, I think, um, and then one day a teacher by accident asked me how my dad was and that or it. Boom, I'm off. I'm off. I'm off. So it would all, it, it's like a case of the great pretender, you know, and, but I thank my drama school for it now. I, I, I do. And, but at the time, I couldn't see it. I could not see it. I just thought they were taking away the one thing that was carrying me through this. But actually, what they were giving me was yeah. some time with my dad whilst he, before he went. Yeah, yeah, which is invaluable, really, isn't Completely. it? Completely. You know, but I probably yeah. called them some right words, but hopefully they'll forgive me. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do 
did you ever talk to anybody about it then in those couple of years afterwards? Because I bet your life just kind of started, you know, one thing after another then after that. I didn't grieve. It was really weird. Like I sort of, I, I don't, I just try to be, I just, I think I was a bit of a dick. Yeah. Fair enough to be fair. I went out all the time, yeah. you know, all these things. I, mm. I think I was just, yeah. Young. Young to be and fair. hurting and felt, mm. why is no one else having this happen to them? How come that's, so how come it happened yeah. to happen to me? And then yeah. the, my world completely changed and I'm about to catapult into an industry that I was only doing for this person. Now this person's not even here. And mm. I've just been so angry. Um, mm. And I don't think I did deal with it. I think I think now I'm dealing with it. Now I'm talking about it. Now I get to celebrate my dad's life, you know. When, there was this um, mm. thing that happened recently that I think is really beautiful. When my dad passed on, um, the funeral happened and all this. And my dad had best friends and I respected them and grew up around them, so I knew them very well. And... Um, I guess that because we were all sort of so caught up in our own grief and life and everything, I moved back to London and then carried on and then I forgot about my dad's best friends, Mike and Jason. And uh, I forgot about them. And well, and then over the years, I was like, how have I let myself lose a part of my dad? Because they, you know, they they hold their memory banks for me and my dad. Anyway, uh, I, I couldn't find him. Couldn't find him at all. Checked everywhere for years and years. I've been checking social media, trying nothing, nothing, nothing. Then, little did I know, I went on and did Lorraine, uh, Lorraine Kelly show. And um, when I got Corrie, okay. and me, Dad's mm. best friend Mike, was stood in the kitchen, looked up oh. at his telly, and uh, saw a picture of my dad on the screen that I'd sent that they put on Lorraine. And then he said mm. that that he were like, that was it. And he'd been looking for me and I'd been looking for him. And he'd seen a picture of my dad that he hadn't, and he said, like, his world changed, like, you know, everything changed and stopped for him then as well. And uh, he uh, doesn't have social media, but one of my dad's friends, Jason, had managed to find me. And I was like, Jason, have you got, you know, Mike's details? Couldn't find him, couldn't find him. And then I was in a nightclub mm, maybe four or five months ago, and this girl came up to me in a club beautiful girl young comes up to me and she said hey do you speak Corey?" and I was like yeah 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 and she said my dad was your dad's best friend and I said and, and in my head I'm like oh right what and then I was my dad's <laughs> like what and then she said my dad's name out loud and I hadn't heard his name said out loud since he's died and she just said yeah wow. your dad's Kevin Simpson right and then she said my dad's Mike and then I cried my eyes out in a club in I a bet, club I bet did you go to the toilet <laughs> yeah of course all of us hugging each other we love it yeah 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 all that stuff all that stuff <laughs> yeah you know? and, then, and then and then that and, then oh, that, and what it. happened was I found I found them both I've been to see them both I've been around there oh. um, we're in contact um yeah and I'm just like that which is so weird because obviously the association with what my job is right now my dad made me do, which then led to me finding them. It's so connected. It's so yeah. weird. So yeah. it's, it, that's why I say it's, this is not a job. 
this is bigger than that, you know. This is this is family. Yeah. Like this is something. Something's happened, and um, the fact that I got to go on that show and he was stood in the kitchen at that very time and saw me and knew that I was still, you know, doing it and. I guess seeing an image of my dad as well, which is mad, you know, we must have been so triggering for him. And it just being like, it's mind-blowing really, isn't it? Like, I could could look at her and I thought, I remember when you were a baby and then I was like, oh my God, I shouldn't be going to kids anymore. (laughs) 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 Have a cry and then write, okay, it's time to go. (laughs) Yeah. Also, yeah, stop being close. <laughs> yeah, but just her and her having the confidence to come up to me as well and, and say that. Yeah, that's so nice. She must have known how important it would have been. Oh, I think and if she'd gone home and said to her dad, oh, I saw her in the club tonight, he would have been like, why didn't you say anything? Well, she said my dad talks about your dad every day. He's got pictures of him all around the house. Aww. We celebrate his birthday, you know, his anniversary. Your dad is still a big, big part of the home. And then when I went round there, me and my sister went there to go and see him. And I stood in a house that I mean, my dad had stood in. And I was just like, nah, this is, yeah, it was just, it so just nice. I was just like straight away. Like, I just felt like everything had connected and everything was like, and even though he's, he's not here, he, he he's here. Like, you know, it's, it, it feels like he's part of this. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is literally the best thing to take yeah. with you. I love that so much. That is such a nice story. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Really, it just it's because it, it's so recent that it's happened as well. Like it's it's so fresh that. Yeah, yeah, and it's taken you so long to find each other as well. Like, wow, the day of social media as well. <laughs> I just literally found like I was because I couldn't remember his last name, and it was driving me mad. So I just kept putting Mike in. Imagine that, just having a lead called Mike and Jason. I might, that were it. That's all I had. <laughs> yeah, that's not helpful at all. I couldn't, I couldn't picture anything. It was just driving oh. me barmy. And me and my sister, every time we had a little mm. tipple, we'd be like, right, let's get on the We'll do it again. We'll have to look. Yeah. yeah let's find them. <laughs> find them one. Like, there was no leads because. How, how many mics are there in the UK, to be fair? Probably quite a few. So I just sort of, I didn't resign myself to the fact that I'd never meet him again. I just sort of. I hope that it would come to, to me and, and uh, yeah, just come in. A, and I know it hit my sister hard as well when I told her and I was like, I found Mike. And and then, and then you know, Aww. she come around there and he got out of the pictures of my dad, ones I hadn't seen, and he gave me a big picture. Oh, just everything was just like, no, this is just too good. It does kind of sound like, to me, like, if you don't mind me saying it, that, like, you really you really didn't give yourself time to grieve at all no. at that age. And it is only now, kind of, as you're older and you're looking back and you're kind of looking at that 20-year-old girl and you're like, God, I feel awful for you, but you did what you had to do to get to where you are now. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it is when people say, like, you know, you're still talking about your dad or whatever, like, 14 years later. And it's like, well, yeah, I am. Because, yeah. like, he's still a massive part of my life. He's what I do every day. I think so and even when I think even when I have behaviour patterns I think where's that from and I think oh Ben it's in you know yeah he's got a lot to answer for yeah yeah like cheers for that um yeah and I don't think I think any 20 year old would not give themselves the time to grieve 
Yeah. Well, yeah. So you, I, I didn't. I went straight into. I was. I went straight. I took a year out of uni, but I was working at the same time. Went straight back to work. Yeah, because you because we haven't got time. Because that's when we're forging the rest of our life as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, and until you get settled and you go, this is my purpose, this is my job, this is my thing, this is my house, mm. and go, oh, that, oh, that's still niggling at me, that still hurts me. And, and then, yeah, I think this past two years is, has been the time for me to talk about it more. And even um, having conversations with my, my auntie, my auntie, when my dad passed the night he passed, um, my auntie was with him and my auntie was there when he was born. So she's oh. the first one to see him and the last one too as well. Mm. And I kind of, only recently did I say to her, so can you tell me about what happened that night? And so she went, because I didn't feel like I was ready. Yeah. I was angry at myself as well because I'd left him the night before. Oh. And I shut the door and I remember shutting the door and looking and going, I'm never going to see that man again. Oh. Knowing I wasn't and stop myself from going back because I didn't want to make it like it was a film or something, you know? Yeah. I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable that I knew I was never going to see him. Mm. He planned this uh, this supper. We'd all, because we've all got a warped sense of humour, call it the last supper. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, just a very warped, like we deal with grief in a disgusting way, but that we make jokes. Yeah. That's, yeah, what, me, that's yeah. what me and Emma are like. Yeah, like the same. yeah, yeah. We just say really mm, debatable yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, he, he'd said about getting all his kids and his family around, we're all going to have a Chinese and we're going to go to his, but can everyone just clear out for tonight, go home, get a new set of clothes, do this, do that, everyone just part ways. And he sent us all off for one night. He was just allowed to just be on his own for a bit because at this point he'd left hospital and was allowed to go home for end of life. Um, and, yeah, we had this uh, this meal planned in it. I, must, I shut the door and this 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 this, this is never going to go from my head and I just remember shutting the handle and how it sounded and all of that stood there and I'd just left him he was chain smoker at the time and we we stopped him but, but towards the end I was like just knock yourself out whatever you want so I remember seeing him right seeing a bit dad kissed him love you mm-hmm. and then yeah I love you bum <laughs> um, and thinking never again I'm not going to see him and then that night he, um, we went home and the next night was when we were going to have the meal. And I think he sent us all off so we could go. Yeah, I think they do that. I think that's, I think that's a real thing. And I wow. find that so crazy. Like, how can mm. you choose? I, cannot, I don't know how the body allows you to go when you say, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's, I, I've heard that so much and it, it was similar like at my house my mum was at home and there was like 15 of us in the house it was really busy all the time people were with her all the time my grandma called everybody into the living room at one point to go and get a hot drink and all of us for some reason all went at the same time into the living room got a cup of coffee I was sat on the sofa and it, there was some like double doors that went into like this snug room which is where my mum was it was just her and my dad and my dad like went over and was like giving her a hug and I saw her take a last breath when all of us had left them I was like, wow, like it's been so go, go, go this whole time. We've always been around you. And as soon as it's quiet, it's like, okay, I'm ready. I think it's, that's so, it kind yeah. of gives you shivers in a way, doesn't it? Like it's crazy. I just don't know how it happened. Mm. Mm. I don't know how. It makes you think they just know, like they just know and they know. Yeah. Fine. And I think that to be honest with you, as much as I'm like, oh, 
part, you know, we've all had conversations like, should we have gone? Should we have stayed? Da, 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 da. And I, I'm at peace with the fact that he chose that, you know, um, I sort of know that that's what he would have wanted. And there's a, I guess, him not wanting the last memory of him being that, you know, watching someone die. And um, even though my sister worked as a carer, so she'd seen death a lot. And I, mm. and I then started working as a carer in mm. the summer holidays when I was back from uh, drama school and stuff with my, with my sister. I mean, death never frightened me, but I guess that you never forget it either if you no. see that. Mm. And then the fact that we didn't, the only memory I've got is that yeah that's, that's quite funny which to pretty be much fair. sums his life yeah. up to be fair <laughs> that, that was pretty much the constant theme of my dad that is what he would have wanted isn't it really yeah. more than anything else so I, I think so I think so but you have to work through the guilt of you chose to leave you shouldn't have gone but oh do this and all of these things you know and I went back to I went back to London as well and I was coming back mm. so it were like um uh, I don't know why did I go back to London? Why did it? Oh, I just remember all of it. I remember getting the call in the morning, and um, I was with my my ex ex partner at the time, and and I got the call, and I remember it, and then just getting that train back, knowing that it was got it was just awful, like just the worst, the worst. Yeah, yeah it is kind of thinking about all of all of those things. I think it never gets easier when you let yourself sit, and and that's what. This podcast does, podcast does in a way, obviously people don't tend to ask you about the kind of nitty gritty that often yeah. do they, but when you do sit and think about it, you're like, fuck, like that was shit, like really shit. Yeah, but the problem is though, I, I sort of go, this is not, this doesn't belong to me because mm. I look at my friends and think, your, your parents will go too and mm. how like none of us, everyone's going to go through this. That's one thing we've got in common. Yeah. And we're never we're never ready for it. Even if you know they're going to die, you're still not ready for it. So absolutely not. And um, you know, your friends are around you, and they're going, "Oh, we're so sorry," and we're, they're doing and saying all the right things. But then I look at them and go, but "You're gonna go through this too." And mm-hmm. it's it's awful. It's yeah, awful because. And and then obviously I've I've got you know me me mum now, and my mum's recently be quite quite. Um, she had an accident, and then I was like, "Oh, so I'm her carer now." Oh wow! Um, Mum's carer at the minute. She's um, she's with me tonight, and uh, yeah, and just being like, "Oh God, here we go again." Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's no, it's she's going to be fine. Like it makes you think about it, though, doesn't it? Kind of like you're kind of like, "Oh God." (laughs) It just has similar moments and feels to Mm, it. The the mm. hospital visits. Uh, Did your did your mum go to hospital? She spent a lot of time in hospital, yeah. a lot of time, because she she had cancer for quite a while. That last kind of year, she was in and out because tumours broke her spine and stuff, and it was all very messy. Oh. Um, but yeah, those kind of things they do. It's like a PTSD, really. At the end of the day, you know, these things kind of trigger you and bring it all back, and it's scary. Yeah, easily. My my dad, when he were in Oldham Hospital, they were in, and. Uh, the amount of times I said, could you come here, it's going to be tonight, it's going to be within the hour, mm. rushing it and get there. And he's like, I am. You're like, you're joking. Like, <laughs> just been given an hour. Yeah. Like, and he's just like, oh, he's just made a recovery. And you're like, up, down, left. And yeah. So I mem- I just remember so many times that we were running, you know, running to, to the room and getting there. And he's perked up and I'm thinking, 
you and and so when I visit my mum and it's all of these things I did a I did a an acting job recently where I played an older nurse and I was like oh my god like all of this is so feels real feels so real how do you separate yourself from that do you just really have to just really focus and just get into that kind of separating your real life from no I think I use it I think I honestly use it I think I when I'm sat like say if I know there's something emotional I've got to do in work Mm. I sort of let myself go there a little bit yeah and that's that's not for everyone yeah there's only Mm. there's only so many times you can do that as well before that's yeah cruel to yourself um but there are times when I think you know if you're going to play somebody that's losing somebody or something's happened like that like if you've got that in your locker you just have to remember that yeah you have to and um yeah that must be tough what's I guess it's a form of torture isn't it I don't know (laughs) torture and therapy all at the same time yeah but I'm not afraid to to go there anymore. Like I, I wouldn't been able to have talked about it before. For fear of breaking down, for fear of crying. But I'm not even scared to cry. Like there have been times when we and you were talking now when I feel myself getting there. But I'm not even going to try and stop because yeah. it, emotion demands to be felt. Yeah, and if Preach it doesn't, it. yeah, and if I if I stop that, then what I'm doing is myself a disjustice down the line because I'm. Uh, stopping something that's completely natural to me I love that that's so that is so important I think that's some great advice for people that listen to this as well you know you are doing like you feel everything I think it is really important yeah yeah and I I don't know if this happens with you but like you know when you try and talk to someone and say you're like when the longer somebody dies the more Mm. I feel like I shouldn't say it no more because oh people will be like I'm still talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah, yeah. So I feel myself doing it. Mm. You know, like, oh, I went, when, when I go, so when some will say, when did your dad die? Uh, I'll just be like, oh, he did it died in 2000, like, 2007, but it still feels like yesterday. Like, yeah, I'll yeah. Try and Don't judge like, me, I still want to cry about it. Honestly, like, try and ask me about my dog. Yeah. I do not, like, I try and justify that, that mm. I still feel grief, even when mm. time has passed and I'm a new person and all of these things. But, um, and nobody said, nobody's once said to me, are you not over it? Yeah, but it's me saying it to myself, mm-hmm. and I think, who are you to do that? But I can't help it. Yeah, yeah, we make it hard on ourselves for sure, definitely. Yeah, I think you think you always think that people are judging you for talking about it when really they're probably not. They're probably not judging you for talking about it at all. No, um, we do just kind of make ourselves feel bad about it. Like, oh, I should really be over this by now, but we're not going to be over it. We're never going to be over it. <laughs> That's what I keep trying to remind myself. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there's a time scale on it. And when uh, one day, if I ever am lucky enough to have my own kids, uh, then it's like I'm going to have to go through all this as well because they're not going to be part of his life. And I have to keep that memory alive and be like, yeah. granddad, you're gra-, you know, all of these things. And um, It's a journey. It's a, it's a it's, it's not journey. Go- it's not going to stop, is it? No. You know, if I ever get married, if anyone will ever have me. Um <laughs> Who you know that that time when your dad's meant to walk that's going to be mm-hmm. emotional trauma again and like all of these things like I'm I'm excited to have in my life but I'm scared as well. Yeah, I'm the same. I feel exactly the same. 
yeah because they're meant to be there I agree it's been so nice to hear you talk about him and one of the things that I really love to ask people because I think it's such a nice thing to do you never get a chance to do um is can you please tell us your dad's name and tell us your favorite memory of him um I just kind of we like to kind of bring them to life yeah my dad is called Kevin Simpson and he's well there's not a particular memory but there's a habit that he does he plays the drums on everything your head (laughs) the sofa he can't stop tapping you know tapping Mm -hmm. tapping tapping like like mid (laughs) mid way through something he'll be like and you're like why are you doing that like everything was a everything was a tapping service every like he would just and it drive you barney you know <laughs> that's you. brilliant everything <laughs> tap 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 and we were like yeah we get it love you used to be a drummer move on like do you find yourself doing it yourself sometimes i did it yesterday and i thought yeah. wow, <laughs> wow <laughs> nice one <laughs> yeah like i was doing it in a theater and like, i feel someone like what are you doing on that glass on? <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, no. um, I'm just drumming. Yeah, it, he, everything was just percussion. Everything was percussion, and um, and because that was his passion, you know, and playing drums. That's that was his life, um, and it, and his calling for sure. So when he the, at the time, we were like, oh, you know, I wish he had a, had another passion because <laughs> it was just like everything was just annoying. Yeah, honestly, my but, head is not a drum. Yeah, anything, honestly. Like, when you're just chilling relaxing and you're just like, <laughs> like it was just Aww, so yeah amazing. so so not necessarily a memory but a habit like a, a constant habit <laughs> like a thing that's ingrained in my head that 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 he did oh I love that thank you so so much for coming on and for talking to us about him and for sharing so much I know it is really hard it's really hard to live through it um but I've got like no doubt that this will be really valuable. So yeah, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank and you. I'll make sure to tell Emma how much she's missed out on because she'll be gutted. Oh yeah, make sure you wind her up with it. Oh Kim, thank you so, so much no for coming thank on. Thank you for I, me. I, I really appreciate it. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.